Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to another week of Loon Talk here on your favorite podcast network of choice, or your podcast service of choice. I am Jonathan Harrison alongside Dan Terhar. We are the radio broadcast team for all Minnesota United matches on the radio. You can hear those on Score North on AM 1500, the Score North mobile app, or live.scorenorth.com. Dan Terhar, how are you doing, sir? Excellent. Got the lawn mowed this afternoon. I'm all ready to go. There you go. sweaty. There you Tonight's go. program brought to you by Bush Light Apple. Wow. Well, they're not a sponsor because uh, neither is Barks Root Beer our sponsor. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, a <laughs> lot of soccer to talk about. Absolutely, a lot of interesting stuff going on in the uh, in the football world. Absolutely, a lot of Minnesota United to talk about. We'll get to that in a second. A lot of U.S. soccer as well. U.S. national mm-hmm. team soccer to talk about. Got some notes from MLS. So. Let's jump right into this, Dan, because it's going to take – we've got quite a bit to talk about here. I'm just going to call – normally on the YouTube video feed, I do Loon's score against whoever they played review. But I'm just going to call this because there's two games, the Loon's Week in Review. Again, if you're listening to us and you want to watch us for some reason, you can go to Scornos' YouTube channel and watch our faces Who talk about soccer. Who would want to see this? I mean, look at this. I mean, this is Radio Face City. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why Cal and Kendra are on TV and we are on radio. The pretty people. Yes. Mainly because I don't know how to put on makeup, so I'm, I don't want to deal with that. Um, Loons, 2-2, a pair of 2-2 draws. We've got a lot of twos around here two, this weekend. Two. I'm not even going to separate the games. was wearing because... a 2-2. <laughs> I'm not even going to separate the games just because there's so much to talk about with both of them. So I kind of want to get to the the broad spectrum of them, and then we'll dive into the nitty-gritty of each. Uh, just up and down week for Minnesota. They get a late 2-2 draw against LAFC, mm-hmm. and that felt like a win. And then they give up a late 2-2 draw to Vancouver, and that definitely felt like a loss. Your thoughts before we dive into that penalty call? Well, the uh, the broad, uh, the big wide stroke picture of this is we've talked about this many times. that uh, You know, draws can feel a number of different ways mm-hmm. it unfortunately we felt two of the most extreme examples of what a <laughs> draw can feel like back-to-back games um yeah. three days you know, apart right it wasn't yeah, it wasn't even a week apart uh so i think the team played about the same both matches i mean if you, if you take away the controversy and everything that happened and the fact that it was a quick turnaround you know at the end of the day they probably deserved a draw in both of those. I don't know that they, you know, played well enough to say we we played really well. We got, you know, but right. it's amazing how different uh, ties can feel. And you know, it's it's. It, I still struggle with you know not making an attempt to uh, to decide a, a match. Um, you know, it's <laughs> it's the only sport that really doesn't at least make some effort during the regular season to get a winner. Right. Uh, baseball has extra innings. Hockey plays overtime. Football has overtime. Football rarely ends up in a draw. A few of them do. And, um, you know, so, yeah, you just, we saw the whole spectrum of, of what a tie can feel like, which is probably the charm of, of leaving things in a draw, which all the major sports used to end in a draw, too, before, uh, you know, if you go back way in the way back time machine. Um, so it does, you know, Add some drama, and I don't. You know what? I can't even talk about it. All I can think about is that penalty kick. Can't even <laughs> right. can't even talk about anything else. All right, let's just jump into it. Yeah, before. we have to. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's. I mean, the for me, in the room. For me, the wider view is it's just another up and down week for this team. That, yeah. as you mentioned, it you felt the spectrum of emotions there with both <laughs> those late game draws. Um, but let's get into the Vancouver one. Let's start with that one because that's been the talking point all weekend. Um, and basically since that match ended, it's been the talking point across the league. The league mm-hmm. re- or released their, uh, I don't remember what it's called. They they go through all the penal- the close calls or questionable calls, and even, even the league was just like, I don't understand. I get why you would not look at it in review or VAR, but it's still a questionable call mm-hmm. as to why it was called a penalty. So Christian Dahomey and Ethan Finley going after a ball that bounced off Ethan Finley's chest. The ball was in Minnesota's penalty box late in this match against Vancouver. Christian Dahomey makes no chance, no effort to play the ball, only plays Chris, or Ethan Finley. Ethan Finley is only playing the ball, and Dahomey mm-hmm. goes down. The ref 
calls it a penalty right on the spot, doesn't even look at VAR for some reason, and Dahomey converts the penalty kick. I still, what, three, four days later at this point, I see it, and it's not a penalty. Everyone else in the galaxy says it's not a penalty other than Christian Dahomey. He's the only one who thinks it's a penalty. No, I don't no, even think Vancouver fan. Vancouver fans don't even think it's a penalty. It's That's an embarrassingly bad call by the league, and the fact that they still, like, I guess I, I understand there can't be any consequences for it because then you'd have refs being punished left, right, and center, but the refing in this league and in this country and in this region is still embarrassingly bad, and it's it it really just needs to get better at this point. It's 2021. We can't still be talking about how bad the refing is in this part of the world. They, they took the easy way out uh, because yeah. if you say that there's a problem, then you have to do something about it. So <laughs> they took the easy way out in this one. And and, and Christian Dahomey, Dahomey knows it was – he knows what he did. He, he yeah. You know what? Let's give him credit. In a league where um, acting is too often accepted yep. and in some cases awarded, he did a, he did a great job of selling that. He, he initiated contact with Ethan – uh, he ran into him. He flopped. He threw his arms down. He made it look like he got steamrolled by Ethan Finlay. And the more times you watch it, the more convinced. It's not one of those ones where you watch mm-hmm. it and you go, okay, you know, now that I've seen it a few more times, I can see. Now, the more you watch it, the more you realize that um, it, it was the wrong call. And if he had gone over and taken a look at the VAR and still made the call, at least I'd feel, okay, well, at least he looked at it. Right, he didn't look at the it. call, but there's, but there's the, the frustrating part is, for some reason, and I don't know, we don't know what the VAR referee said, right? But I believe that the VAR referee at any point can say, "Hey, I think you should look at this." Well, I think because he didn't go Why look at it, the VAR. I think because the fact that he didn't go look at it, the VAR ref was the one saying, "You don't need to look at this. It's fine," which is more embarrassing. Like the well, whole, that, yeah. the whole process of this. However, this system is used, and I get that it's, what, three years old at this point, so they're still working out everything and making sure that they get all the processes right. But at this point, all these calls should be – if it's this close, it should be looked at. I don't care what Go the – what yeah. if it's something that questionable, it should be looked at. Yeah. yeah Take your it, time. It just... It's the end of the game. It's the very end of the game. You know it's going to be the last kick of the game because the ref didn't add any time after, after the goal and after the kickoff. Right. Like he should have probably, but so the ref automatically knew it was going to be the last thing in the game. Why not? When you know it's going to be that impactful, go take a look just to be sure you were right. Because there's I no hope, way, there's yeah. no way you can, in that situation if you're the ref that you can be a hundred percent correct in feeling that you got that right. It's so close. Everything happens so fast, especially how fast Ethan Finley and Christian Dahomey are. There's no way that ref could have felt one hundred percent comfortable with what he saw on the field. He should have gone and looked. So then you're saying uh, ego got in his way. It what is I, I don't you? know how else you can explain that. Why you right. wouldn't? Ex- anytime someone doesn't accept help, yeah, usually it's because they think no, I don't need any help. I can do this myself, yeah. and it's very frustrating. It costs Minnesota uh, a couple of points, and um, you know, I get it. It's really tough for a league once you once you open that can of worms and start disciplining officials because they made a bad call, things can get really nasty and, and stuff. But I would hope that behind the scenes that the league has had or will have a conversation with this VAR ref and yeah. the on field ref and tell them, listen, there's no reason not to look at that. This is a yeah. game deciding call. Mm-hmm. And one of you has to say, uh, it's time to look at it. Yeah. Whether one of you has VAR to look at the clock. Or, yeah. And, and say, you know what? I need to look at this. Even if yeah. you are 100% sure at that, then if, if the, if the referee on the field, on the pitch, if he is, Oh no, I'm hundred percent sure. I need to see it. The VAR ref has to have had time enough to see it a couple times and say, you know what? You really should look at this. Right. Yeah. Oh, well. I don't, I will never understand why he didn't go look at it. I'll also never understand why it was called a penalty. That was it's still a joke to this day that that was a penalty, but No. No, I understand why the... he called it initially. I mean, right, I understand but... that because in in real time, you know, it was like, "Oh no, you know, there was a big collision." But as right. soon as we saw a replay, 
we knew, oh, well, that's that's not a penalty. So Right. Yeah. yeah I no, just, it, if you're going to call that, at least go to VAR and just use it as a backup just to make sure, especially when you're in the 91st minute of a game and it's that close. It's a goal the difference. Is, the idea is to get it right. You would think. That, you would that is the think. idea. Why would you bring in <laughs> VAR if it's not to get things right? So, Refs are going to be refs, I guess. Just, I don't know. They want to think they're right all the time. Um, so let's uh, let's quickly move back to the LAFC game. It wasn't pretty. Let's uh, let's reverse the negativity here. It wasn't pretty, but getting a result like that on the road against a team of LAFC's caliber, I personally think that's a good sign because they didn't have their best first half of soccer. But in the second half, they came out. They scored what four minutes into the second mm-hmm. half, and they had a lot of. A lot of momentum in that second half. They were doing some good things in that second half, despite ha- not having a whole lot of shots. But they were able to get a, li- a very late winner off Asani of Dotson, which that was an excellent finish by Asani. Bo- two finishes by Minnesota in that half were both mm-hmm. really well taken. Yeah, and I, and I remember uh, Adrian's comments after that one. He was actually much happier with the first half than I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and. You know, it's easy to do that with hindsight. But, yeah, the way they played in the second half on the road to come from behind and and get a draw on the road against a good quality team in, in a tough place to play, that's, 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 a big, that's a big deal, and that was a big point. And, yeah, you, you left there heading to – I almost said headed to Vancouver – heading to <laughs> Utah to play Vancouver, you know, which is – you know, this whole thing was messed up from the start. Vancouver wasn't even in Utah. They were in Vancouver practicing all week. And uh, then you go to play in a neutral site game with no fans. Um, So, you know, if you look at it from that way, a bit of a letdown game. The, the, The intensity of playing at L.A. with a full stadium, loud stadium, Great fan base, very similar to Minnesota as they are involved in the matches there. Absolutely, and, and you, you come off of that high of getting that late that late goal by Hassani Dotson, and then you walk into an empty stadium and nobody, nobody, none of the teams even play there. It's just kind of dumb, and mm-hmm. uh, and I think there was a little letdown. And 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 Adrian going with the same lineup Saturday to Wednesday, which surprised mm-hmm. a lot of us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I was that's little, another. I thought there would be a few changes. And, you know, I don't know. I don't think that made a difference in the uh, in the match because everybody seemed, you know, fit enough. Nobody looked like they were just dragging. So, I mean, it was so there were a lot of things that kind of brought that. Brought that whole pimple to the surface, (laughs) that whole ugly (laughs) no VAR pimple. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, we get the good vibes from LAFC getting a late draw there. But then we get the negative vibes from Vancouver. And having the 2-2 draw against Vancouver begs the question. I think we did talk about this in the post-match show. Why is a team with the aspirations and the talent and the depth and the quality of Minnesota United struggling against a team like Vancouver that Mm -hmm. doesn't have that quality, that has struggled for pretty much three, four years now? Um, Why is a team like Minnesota struggling against a team like Vancouver? I still can't wrap my head around that they couldn't get a win in that game. Yeah, what what you have to do, and that's do putting to get, the penalty aside. Yeah, what you have to do to get past it is realize that they shouldn't have been in that situation yeah. where they had a slim lead. Uh, if that call was made and you're leading three to one, you still win the match. If you're winning three nil, you still win the match. If you're leading four to one, you still win the match. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. The bigger problem is not what's wrong with the referee and VAR. It's why is this team not scoring goals and you know, you said it. They have talent. They have depth up front. Um, it, it it, and I'll say what we said two months ago. You know, it's they're gonna score goals. Mm-hmm. It's just we're still waiting. And <laughs> you know, I don't know. You know, you know. Sometimes you'd say, well, there must not be chemistry. Teams can have great players, but they're not succeeding. Mm-hmm. But from from our vantage point. And, you know, having access to what goes on at training and everything, there's nobody around this club talking about team chemistry or right. individuals that don't get along. Now, there's a few players that, you know, 
would just soon see shipped off because they aren't really pulling their weight. But those guys, those guys aren't playing right now, so it doesn't really matter. So right. I don't, I don't think that's the problem. If there, if it were a chemistry problem, and and uh, Renoso and uh, Adrian Anu or Renoso and Fragapane didn't get along, they didn't like you know, you'd be a little concerned about it. But we're not, we're not seeing that, and we're not hearing that, and we have no reason to think that's a problem. Right. Absolutely. I. So it, what, it, what is it? I don't know. Yeah, I'll like you wait. said, from I'll what, wait. Go ahead, figure it out. What, what is it? I'm. I don't think I'll be able to figure out it. This that in I gotta, this podcast. I got a few more but, of these. Go ahead. <laughs> crack a couple open, Steve Austin style. Um, like you said, it's definitely not a chemistry issue. We've I seen that on the so. field. We've seen that on the practice field. Mm-hmm. We've seen that at training. That they just they all get along pretty well, and there's not one guy. Well, maybe there is, but it doesn't seem like to us from what we've been able to see and gather. There's not a chemistry issue, so I don't understand why they can't put together a good result against a Vancouver side that definitely shouldn't have been as close as they were. It 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 felt like they played down to Vancouver's level, and that's what that's Mm -hmm. sometimes what you see with teams who have the talent but they've never reached that level yet. Is that sometimes they'll play up to the level of the good teams, and then sometimes they'll play down to the level of the bad teams. And you saw that this week, Minnesota Mm -hmm. put on an excellent defensive. Well, sort of defensive performance. They still let in two goals, but they still shut uh, they shut down a very potent LAFC attack. Didn't give them a whole lot of chances. They had to rely on a defender to score one of the goals. So, mm-hmm. and yeah. they just fought together in the LAFC one, and then the Vancouver one. They came out, and we looked at each other, and we're just like, "What the heck team is this? This isn't the team from Wednesday. This isn't the mm-hmm. team that just beat Portland and Seattle in back to back games." I don't. It it just felt like they play down to their opponents, play to their opponents' level too often instead of taking the game to their opponents all the time. Yeah, there's there's just something missing right now with the club, and, and it's not – I don't think it's on the defensive side of the ball because the defense has been pretty solid. After that 0-4 start, the defense kind of got things figured out. So, um, yeah. you know, and I don't know. Now we're back to, again, when are we going to have, you know, uh, Unu, Fregapane, load and Reynoso on the pitch again. So we're back to that. And that's, that's, what's frustrating for me is we talked yeah. about it, talked about it. And, and, you know, we've seen glimpses of all four of those guys. We know Robin Lude is the real deal. Robin is yep. outstanding. He's consistent. He's, he's a great team leader. He's, you know, and Emmanuel Reynoso is working his tail off. Yeah. Nothing has changed in that department. He's not getting the results that he did last season in a small test sample, but it's much different this year because everybody's aware of him. Um, So I don't think he's the problem. And then you got the two new guys who came in and showed us right away. They both did. (laughs) There was reason to be excited, you know? Yeah. It was like, wow, here we go. (laughs) You know, let's go. We got offense. And and now it's just slowly kind of – slid back down to the same old, same old. And, right. And, and that you know, kind of leads know what it is. That leads me to the next question I had on the notes and the rundown here. That's now with those two draws, it makes it three games in a row that where they've scored multiple goals mm-hmm. in a game. But for some reason, especially after that Vancouver game, it still feels like the offensive struck offense is struggling. And my wider question off that, is that actually as bad of a thing as we're all making it out to be? Because as we've seen in these games, they're creating a ton of chances. They have the fifth most shots in the league. So that stands to reason that if they can just finally put their boots, their shooting boots on mm-hmm. the correct feet, they're going to test the goalkeeper. And when they can start testing goalkeepers a lot more, there's going to be a lot of goals flying in. So is it really as bad of a thing as we're making it out to be? Because they still are being playing ultra-creative soccer. We're seeing them put up the the fifth most shots in the league. It just they just need to start going in at some point. Yeah, we're we're complaining about a team that's on a incredible run without a loss with one loss mixed in there. Right. Um, 11 games one loss. Yeah. And so it's kind of yeah, it does seem kind of silly to to complain about that kind <laughs> right. of a run cuz half the teams in the league, you know, in the Western Conference would like to have a run like that and Absolutely. Um maybe more than half, but at the same time I think, you know, if you if you give up two goals to LAFC, you're probably going to feel lucky to get a draw, two or more. You shouldn't give up you shouldn't you should be able to give up two goals to Vancouver and still beat them. Yeah. Uh, you should be able to give up two goals and still beat Houston. So, no, the problem is real. Okay. I just am having a hard time pinpointing what it is. They've 
you know, a lot of things have been tried. Um, slightly yeah, they tried out the new formations formation. last yeah. year. Yeah, and I, I'm not a, I'm, even though that appeared to give, you know, Emmanuel Reynoso a little more space, I still don't think that's the answer. Because um, if you keep that formation, then what do you do with Fragapane and Unu? Uh-huh. Right. No, you, that's that's not that's not the answer. That right. was a temporary answer, and now it's gone for, for a road trip. Right, and it's it started out as a temporary solution. We thought we were done with it, and now because of a road trip and some minor injuries, I guess I would say we had to go back to it again. Right. So you still need to move forward back to you know the original plan A, and. I still think that's where if this team is going to find success and they're going to score more than, you know, one goal or two goals on a really good night, that's where it's going to be. Um, Because I don't think that there's any new help coming on the horizon. I think this is it. Yeah, I don't think I I may be wrong, but I don't think attacking help is coming. No, I don't think so. I would imagine defensive midfielder or defensive depth depth would be coming. Maybe. I don't imagine they'd bring in any more attacking help. Yeah. So I think these are the guys that are, are going to have to do it, and I still believe because of what we've seen in training, what we've seen in the in the matches when they have been healthy, that these are the guys that can can put some points up. And um, you know, let's just get first. First thing we have to do is get them back out there. So I'm hoping um, on Saturday that Fragapani and Anu are are back in the lineup, and we can make another run at this. Absolutely. Um, so we haven't gotten the big question yet, but. We're Those, were Those were just little questions. Those were just little questions. Felt pretty big. Those this one's the big, big. question. You want right. to hit the big question sounder for big us? Question, 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 right. question, question, question. You know, I don't, I don't want to get an official sounder. I like this version of it better. Um, how much after what we saw with those two draws, mm-hmm. Minnesota don't climb ahead, climb up anywhere in the standings. That looked like after they were going to get the win against Vancouver, that they were going to climb up a little bit in the standings. How much will those opening four losses come back to haunt Minnesota United throughout the season? Because we're already seeing that since they stopped that four-game losing streak since, what was it, I believe, May 12th, Minnesota are only behind New England and Sporting Kansas City in points collected. So if the season started Mm -hmm. May 12th and we only counted the last 11 games (laughs) for Minnesota United, they'd be third place in the league right now. And so... Those four losses are definitely coming back already to haunt them. How much at the end of the season, if they can't keep up this current run of form, are those losses going to come back to haunt them? Well, I think I think here's the here's the way it works out is is people have short memories. If Minnesota finishes in the top four spots in the West and they have home field in the first round of the playoffs, it's forgotten. If Minnesota struggles to make the playoffs, or heaven forbid they don't make the playoffs. Right. Then those first four become mammoth, and you know, then then they become the reason why. But it really, if you look at those four, you could pick out four other matches like the one against Vancouver in Salt Lake City as being a. a, a those two points are much harder to swallow than than yeah. one of the road losses in those first four. I mean, right. so to me, it to me it won't at all. Okay, uh, those are long gone. They've made up for that. They've proved that those were, you know, that's not who they were. Um, to me, this, this you know, extra time penalty kick loss will, that two points, if that's a difference between making the playoffs or not making the playoffs by two points or home field advantage or going on the road the first round of the playoffs, if that's a matter of two points, that will, this last match against Vancouver will bother me way more than those first four, so. Absolutely. I think for me, it it all comes down to, like you said, how easily they make the playoffs. I would mm-hmm. expect with the talent they have that they're going to make the playoffs. That's bare sure. minimum for yep. this team to make the playoffs. So it all comes down to me for for answering this question of how much those opening four losses are going to come back to hunt Minnesota United is how easily they make the playoffs. If they make it comfortably, then mm-hmm. we'll all just forget about it and it won't be anything. It'll just be a footnote in the 2021 season. But if they struggle, if they can't beat some of these easy teams down the final half of the season here, which is it's incredible that we're at April or August 3rd and we're still not even at the halfway point. Halfway mm-hmm. point comes this Saturday against Houston. Yeah. Which, I don't know, next Monday you want to hand out uh, half, half season awards, have an award sure. show? All right, sure. we'll have an award show. Sure. Yeah. So, so, you know, when you look at it 
and, and so far, uh, I know uh, Adrian has been using this as a motivator for the team. At least he has an occasion talked about how it felt when they were on four. You know, right? You were a you know turd circling the toilet bowl, man. It's it almost <laughs> over, and somehow you stayed afloat. And look where they are now. And he's trying to get them to remember. He's trying to use that as a motivator. Say, hey, remember how that felt? It was a horrible feeling to start zero four because they were a couple of more losses away from just packing it in. You know, right? You, I mean, if you're looking you, at the- it was close. If you're going to look at the schedule like I just did, you're going to have to go from basically this Houston match coming up all the way until October 16th. And you're going to have to get a lot of wins in that time period Mm -hmm. because the last one, two, three, four, five matches, six matches, no, five matches of the season, every one of those, bar one, you would think, is going to be really tough. You're going to play Philadelphia. You're going to play LAFC. Those two games are at home. You have to go to Vancouver. Then mm-hmm. you're going to host Sporting Kansas City, and your final game is out in L.A. against the Galaxy, who we'll, t- we'll get to them later. They had a rough week. But those last six, five games of the season, those are really rough games. So you want to get as many points between now and October 16th as you can because that's kind of the easy part of the schedule if you're looking at it. you got a lot of Houston. You've got, well, you got Seattle and Sporting Kansas City. You get to go to them. But then you host the Galaxy. You host Houston again. you got you got to go to D.C. United, which might be a struggle. But then you've got a lot of the bottom feeders in the Western Conference. So if you can get a lot of points, continue the the current run of form, then I guess it won't be an issue. But mm-hmm. that last those last five games of the season are really going to concern me if they're still on the edge. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully at that point they're, you know, I mean, what, what you really hope for is that this team is still trying to find its its rhythm and they peak at the right time. And obviously at the end of the season, is the right time to peak, you know, because they, they obviously haven't yet. Right. Um, and that's clear to anybody that's, that's watched this team play. They have, they've, they've, they've got a long ways to go as far as, um, you know, room to grow and, and, and room to improve. So um, I guess if you're, if you're an optimist, you'd say, Hey, this team is, is just building to a peak later in the season, which is a good thing because look what happened to Seattle, you know, yeah. they go 13, Without a loss, start the season. Now they're just free falling. Yeah, we'll get to them in like a bag of rocks. Yeah, (laughs) it has not been a good week and a half for two weeks, I guess, for Seattle. Um, so that was our one big question. That was our weekend review for Minnesota United. Next up for the Loons, they will host the Houston Dynamo coming up this Saturday at Mm -hmm. Allianz Field, seven p.m. kickoff, six thirty p.m. pre-match over on Score North on AM fifteen hundred. The Score North mobile app and live.scorenorth.com if you want to join us on the radio call, which I highly suggest. Because oh, it's, it's amazing. Us You're listening to us it's right great. now. Why not listen to us during the matches? It's incredible. It's fantastic. Um, your thoughts on Houston? I haven't done – I haven't started my prep yet because they play tomorrow, so I was just going to get the most recent game under my under the books like I mm-hmm. usually do. So they, uh, they'll play tomorrow, but that's a team that currently sits ninth in the Western Conference – just three wins on the year for them. No road wins yet. They are 0-4-5 on the road. So rough stretch for them to start the season. They did just bring in Corey Baird from LAFC, who was traded to them in the offseason from RSL. So Corey Baird is an, a striking talent or attacking talent for them that they'll have at their disposal coming up on Saturday. But what do you think of Houston? Hey, Houston's, uh, they look like another version of Houston. Um, they're, they're just kind of there and, you know, they're, they're, in fact, I don't think they're as good as probably I thought they were going to be. I thought they'd be a little better this year. Uh, they, they don't, they just don't, they don't threaten. They don't, they're not a team that makes you come in and go, Oh, what do we have to prepare right. for? You know what? Right. The way this Minnesota United side plays defensively most nights, it shouldn't be a problem. Um, you would think, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I, I really don't think it will. Yeah, this season hasn't gone to plan. Everybody expected in Tab Ramos' second year that they'd be mm-hmm. a little bit better under him, and having only three wins on the season, nine draws, four losses, that they would be significantly better. But they just are not. 
that's why many people think he's already on the hot seat, just considering they got a new owner just recently. So the owner's probably going to want to bring right. his own people in the off season. So Tab Ramos, if he doesn't turn it around and get that team firing soon, I would imagine he's going to be looking for a job in the off season. But yeah, it's it's not a Houston side that I'm really too concerned with. But if Minnesota are going to play against them like they played against Vancouver, then we're going to have a long night on our hands. Yeah, the problem is if you're a team that on a on a you know even you only score two goals on a good night. Well, then all it takes is for the other team to figure a way to get a goal and then, you know, get a penalty kick in extra time. And there you got a tie match. So you don't want to, this team has to learn to put matches away. And usually in most situations, that's just an extra goal. You know, it's not like you got to score five, but you know, you're scoring one. Well, if you score two, you get the win. If, you, if you're if you scoring two and a 2-2 draw, which has been the last two matches, you know, you're one goal away from, you know, putting that one away, especially the one in Vancouver. So this shouldn't be a team they have a problem with at home at all. Um, and if they play, and I, I hope we're going to see some bodies back. We, we've, you know, they've been telling us that the injury to Boxel isn't serious. The injury to Gasper isn't serious. Um, what does Adrian call the injury to the forwards? Niggle? He's got a little niggle. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I don't even know what that is. Do, I, do we all, do all, do all boys have niggles? I don't even know. It's a different what that topic is. for a different show. <laughs> Probably not on a Hubbard owned podcast. I don't even know if I have a niggle. <laughs> so Adrian Anu has a niggle and Fragapane apparently has a half niggle. I don't know what that is. Yeah. So um, I hope that, you know, against Houston's on Saturday, we see very close to a complete lineup. I don't see why not from what we've been, you know, seeing and hearing. Um, yeah, they'll have a, they'll have had a week off. Then after that one, they have another week off and that's probably the last right. time I haven't looked that far ahead of the schedule to figure out like, how close the games come behind each other, but that's probably the last time they'll have two games in two weeks. So Minnesota yeah. better be so, using this next couple, these next two weeks to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, we see the complete or closer to a complete lineup and, and, you know, well, we'll talk about it and write that down. Oh, there's another tease. Mm-hmm. Uh, now time for Look Across the League. Before we get to that, you are listening to Loon Talk. It is a Score North's weekly Loon-centric podcast. You can find it anywhere you find your podcast. Give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. It does help us get found. Also, if you want to watch these two faces talk soccer, uh, you can do that over on Score North's YouTube channel. comes out just about a day or a day and a half after we post it on the podcast feed. Dan, time for Look Across the League. Before we jump into... MLS's action last week. Let's jump in to the Gold Cup and the Olympics. I want to start with the Gold Cup, start right. with some positive, then yeah. get to some unfortunate negative. U.S. men's national team, the only nation in the Gold Cup to not send their A squad, somehow decide they are going to win it, and they beat their bitter rivals, Mexico, for the second time in a final in mm-hmm. 40 days. What a wonderful night it was for the B-slash-C squad of the U.S. men's national team in Las Vegas to get a huge win, Miles Robinson with the extra time, extra time goal to get the U.S. men's national team a win and a clean sheet shutout for Matt Turner once again, goalkeeper of the tournament. I just, there's so much to talk about with this team, what they just did over this last summer. Matt Turner was outstanding in that match. Absolutely. He was he outstanding all tournament long. He should have been the MVP of that final game. He should have been think. the player of the tournament if yeah. you're looking at it. I don't. I get yep. Hector Herrera put on performances for Mexico, but Matt Turner stood on his head yeah, for no. six games and Turner he was, was outstanding. Amazing. Yeah. He was outstanding in the, in the final, in the championship match. It was, it was one. I like to see it, a victory come on a nice goal. I'm glad it didn't go to PKs. Um, I'd rather yeah. see it end that way in, in, a, in a beautiful ball in and a nice head. So it was a great win. Um, is this, is, are we going B team? Because, there are people that have been since then trying to make maybe trying to make it sound more dramatic. Say no, this wasn't our B team. This is our C team. There was, was a it lot a of B people team or a C team. There was a lot of people that did say it was a C team before yeah, the tournament know. started. So I've always just called it a B slash C team. Some people said B minus mm-hmm. or C plus team. Yeah, it wasn't the best team they could ever pull together. It wasn't their nations league team. And and Greg Berhalter did make that conscious decision to say that we are not going to bring our top squad to the Gold Cup because they will be playing in the Nations League, and we want to give them rest before their mm-hmm. season start because with how World Cup qualifying is going to go, we got 14 games in a couple months, basically, to qualify for the World Cup. Uh, they need some rest. Those players need some rest because they're going to be called on quite a bit 
over the next couple months. Um, the guys who impressed me, yeah, I'm, to answer your question, I'm going with the B slash C team. I they probably could have called up some better players from MLS, but I liked I liked what I saw from a lot of the players, and that's my next point here. Is here. Matt Turner, Kellen Acosta, Matthew Hoppy, and Miles Robinson, they all deserve to be invited to the A squad camps, if not compete for starting roles. I think Matt Turner put his name in the shouting distance for starting keeper, not only because he had a great tournament, but because if you look at Ethan Horvath and Zach Steffen, he's the only one of those three that actually starts week in and week out for his team. Now, granted, mm-hmm. those two guys play in, in England. One of them plays for Manchester City, so he's got a lot of competition in front of him, does Zach Steffen, but still... Matt Turner's the only one week in and week out who does play every week for his team, and everybody criticized his distribution going into this one. He wasn't the greatest distributor of the ball, but neither is Zach Steffen. Let's be honest. He's he's a little bit better, but he's not the greatest. He's not doesn't make you the most comfortable distributor of the ball as the goalkeeper. And Matt Turner's easily the best shot stopper the US have right now. So if he's if he didn't earn himself a role or a shout within that number one goalkeeper spot, I don't know what we're doing here. Yeah, well, you you what you do get out of this for sure is that okay, the future should be pretty good. Um, Absolutely. If this, if this crew of young players can win a tournament like that, you know that the future is is bright. And you know, you need to have you need to have the right architect to put this thing together because it isn't always just taking the. It's not about having the eleven best players, right? You know. You, you gotta, gotta have, have the right players. You gotta have play. You gotta have role players. You gotta have guys that'll sacrifice everything for someone else to score. Um, and so these young players have, you know, they've already put something in the back of some of the uh, the older, you know, USA men's national team members. You know, hey, we're coming. You know, this, we, we are we are a force, and you know. If you think that none of us are going to make that team, you're crazy because we're right. we're laying down the the you know we're laying down the foundation right now for the future, and yeah, there's going to be some of these guys that are uh, taking a leap, a big leap onto that squad, and they'll be ready to go whether they're starters or whether they're you know coming off the bench. So yeah, I mean it, this was kind of a kind of a warning shot, I think you know to a lot of the rest of the world that okay, you know what, don't underestimate you know. What this? Because we're getting more and more of these young USA players, as you said, playing all in Europe, playing all over the yeah. world. Rather than you know, I think for too long, you know, our best players were still here playing, mm-hmm. and now and they're getting and better. That's not bad. That's not no, bad no. because MLS is a good league. But if but, you want but, your guys tested week in and week out against the right. guys they're going to play at the World Cup, you you want them in Europe and at you the need, moment, you, right? You do you want them to get better there, but. You better sprinkle in some of those guys that are playing here in the MLS that are yep. playing every week, two times a week, you know. Yep. And I think that's an important component to this. And you build up a team of maybe more skilled players, but guys that are sitting on the bench a lot. Uh, man, I think you want to you want some guys that are that are battle tested and and playing, you know, sixty seventy five minutes once or twice a week, and and guys that'll get in there and and you know. Just do the dirty work and aren't afraid to, you know, you know, go into those yeah. dirty places and get the job done. So, yeah, I, th- I just think it's it's very exciting for uh, for the men's national team. I think it's it's a sign of some pretty good things to come. Yeah, the last forty days has shown this, uh, shown everybody in Concacaf and the world that the U.S. men's national team that we saw in the two thousands and uh, the early twenty tens up until well, basically up until the South Africa World Cup that those teams back then, they were really tough to beat. They gave you a match. You had to play really hard all 90 minutes to try and get a win against those guys, mm-hmm. and they were one of the tougher teams to break down every every year. And since the South Africa World Cup, when after Bob Bradley lost his job and Jurgen Klinsmann took over and we dealt with all that mess, including missing out on the last World Cup, it didn't ever feel like they had something like that. It didn't feel like they had the guys that were going to get in your face and that were going to make it really tough to get through to, through through them right. to the goal. They didn't have that up until what felt like this last month. You saw that again in the Nations mm-hmm. League. They stood up against a Mexico side that wanted that more than anything. They stood up. And that was the A squad for the U.S. men's national team. Then you bring the B slash C squad, and they don't back down either. You have right. guys like Kellen right. Acosta and Matthew Hoppy who who brought the bleep housery. They brought that 
And that's something that this team has been lacking for a very long time, that they were going to do all the dirty tricks in the book to waste time, to get in your face, to rile you up, to get you off your game. And those two, Kellen Acosta and Matthew Hoppy in particular, impressed me so much with how much they were willing to just lean into being the bad guys. And that's something this team has desperately lacked for a while. Well, and and you don't do that unless you have a certain amount of confidence. Yeah, and those you guys know, are flowing with it, especially Hoppy. Right, right, and and they they they've built some confidence, you know, over a short amount of time, and then you know, and when it gets rewarded, then you know that their style of play isn't going to change, their attitude isn't going to change, um, and so you you infuse those young guys with that attitude and with you know some of the the, the more senior members of the U.S. men's national team. And if you can weave that bunch together, like I said, it it bodes well for for the future. Absolutely. Uh, And getting those two wins against Mexico in finals within Mm -hmm. a month and a half of each other, and one being your A squad, one being your B slash C squad, I think that absolutely shows that the U.S. are the team to beat in the CONCACAF right now. And Mexico, they just got booted off their perch that they've been on for so long. They Mexico's been sitting atop CONCACAF for so many years now, and they've been the kings of the mountain in this region. And now the U.S. just showed. And I and if you want to look at even Canada, what they did in the semifinals against Mexico, mm-hmm. dragging it as late as they did, right. Mexico has a tough hill to climb. I don't know how Tata Martino is going to handle all that pressure on his seat right now because there was there was calls in for his job already after the Nations League, which is embarrassing. For yeah. that's like that's ridiculous because Tata Martino, since he took over that role a couple of years ago, has been outstanding for Mexico. And to get calls for his job because he loses a Nation League Nations League final, the first one ever, that's <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. We'll and so he goes into this one. Happens. That whole the whole federation down in Mexico was talking a big game because the U.S. weren't bringing their A team. They said they were going to wipe the floor or whatever. And then they can't even get a win against the U.S. Is B slash C squad, and so now there's even more pressure on Tata Martino. And if if you want to play that game, many are surprised he's still in the job or still in the job today. But yeah, the U.S. definitely perched themselves atop Concacaf and laid down the mark for everybody else to follow. Canada gave Mexico a heck of a run in the semifinal, so Mexico has a lot to climb up out of after a Gold Cup where they didn't look all that good either. Um, moving on to the women's side of the U.S. Na- national team picture, not the best of Olympics for them. They get booted out in the semifinals to Canada, a late penalty, and that one goes against them. Canada scores, and the U.S. fail to score in that one. They just never really got going in the Olympics for some reason. Are they? Are they? Are they too old? Are they? That's what many people are saying. That are they? That you this, know, I, I've this heard squad, that. Yeah. You know, do they need some some young players? You know, to to freshen things yeah. up. Are they too distracted? Has there been too much uh, social media? Too much? You know, um, politics involved in their in their sport? I mean, they've they've the last three years they've kind of pushed themselves you know, into that role. Well, I shouldn't say they, some of their teammates um, have, have, you know, spent a lot of time doing things other than soccer. And I just wonder if there's just too many distractions for this team and the expectations are so high. I mean, mm-hmm. they, the expectations were they were going to breeze through and win another gold medal. It right. was, it, it, I mean, it there was, was the headline, a, there was the headline it, from ESPN, is the Olympics too easy for the U.S. Women's National yes, Team? Yes, it was it's a given. Like, and you, so there's with a how that talent is, yeah, there's a combination of a lot of things going on that probably worked against that squad. Some of them their own doing. Some of them just you know everybody else is getting better. Maybe they are starting to go down the other side of the slope there, and and they need to you know change some things up. But um, I think it's probably a combination of a lot of those things. And um, but the expectations were so lofty, and you know that's. That's a tough thing to do because every team you play has been training and has been wanting a shot at you, and you're going to get their very yeah. best, their very Absolutely. best. And that's, that's why it's always tough for any sport to, to have a dynasty uh, for any kind of a run. It's very difficult. And, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens after this Olympics. I think you're going to see maybe some players retire, and, and I think some things will probably change with that squad. Yeah, I think – 
with the age of the squad going into the tournament, I think it was one of the oldest, if not the oldest, in the women's side of that tournament, that there's going to be, there's going to have to be some tough conversations with some of those veterans on that squad that have been there for years that, mm-hmm. look, we've got, we just lost the Olympics, Olympics we shouldn't have lost because there's only 12 teams. You just ran through the World Cup two years ago with many expectations that that form was just going to continue into the Olympics. Um, but that form didn't continue at all. It was, it felt like a completely different team despite most of the players on the team being exactly the same as the World Cup. And you just didn't get that follow-through into the Olympics. Now, I know it's never happened that you've had a reigning World Cup champion win the following Olympics, but with how good this team was going into the tournament, with how easily they handled the World Cup, you would have thought they would have been able to be the first, but they just didn't, they just weren't able to pull it through. So I think that the age did have something to come, have something to play with how hot it was over there and how quickly those games came up one after another, that it might be time for some of those older players that have been there for years to step aside and let some of the youth come through because you've seen with these other nations that they have been getting better. Their youth has been coming through. Their individual leagues are getting better in those countries, and they're de- they're starting to develop really good talent, and those nations are coming through and making and developing really good teams for the U.S. to, to go up against. And they all want yeah. a piece of the U.S., as you said, because they've been at the top for mm-hmm. so long. And the, the energy that just it wasn't the same. No. Uh, this in this Olympic tournament, it was just different. Um, yeah. Complacency. It's I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe they maybe they they read too many of the headlines that they were just gonna they were gonna be in a gold medal match and they were gonna be at center stage and have a chance to win the gold again. You know I don't know. You know, but I'm pretty sure there'll be some changes coming. Right uh, now that ends our U.S. national team conversation. Let's look around MLS. You teased it a little bit earlier, the Seattle Sounders. They get a shock loss this week against the San Jose Earthquakes, 1-0 at Seattle. San Jose, a team that has really struggled. Only home, I think that's... Lost to them at home. Yeah, that was at San Jose's home. first win, I think, since like May 15th or whatever. And it came against Seattle at Seattle. Seattle now losers of three of their last four. Minnesota United starting that streak a couple weeks ago. I still think they're one of the best teams in the league, but you can tell the the losses that they've incurred over the last month with guys going off to play internationally and, and just guys just being injured, those are starting to catch up to them, and yeah. they are struggling to keep up with that. Now they've gotten guys back now that the Gold Cup's done, so maybe they get back to their their previous run of form, but they've got a lot of depth that they have to start working out. Yeah, I I don't uh, yeah, I'm, I was shocked that they would lose at home and get shut out by San Jose. That's just mind-blowing, you know, and it makes us feel like well, a 2-2 draw against Vancouver in Utah is it wouldn't be as hard to accept as it be, you know, like getting shut out at home against uh, Houston this weekend. You know, that would be, that'd be a horrible loss. So (laughs) I, I don't know what's going on with them. They obviously, yeah, they're missing some pieces there, but they should have the depth to beat teams like San Jose, even with the player absences and a few injuries they have that, you know, I'm sure they're not making any excuses. They're, they're struggling right now. And isn't it amazing how you can have such a run to start the season and then once you have that first loss, all of a sudden everything changes. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's exactly the opposite effect of going 0-4 to start the year. And then you finally get a win and then they, you know, you string together, you know, a dozen or so really <laughs> right. nice matches. So it, it, you know, works both ways. And, and luckily Minnesota's on the, uh, we think, still on the upswing. A team that deserves some credit despite the way we've talked about them recently, the LA Galaxy. They had themselves a hell of a weekend opening up, uh, well, helping opening up uh, the last weekend of MLS on Friday night. They get a 4-1 win against Portland, and in the first half, they didn't deserve to go into halftime up 2-1. The second half, they absolutely ran over Portland. Portland's defense Mm -hmm. just did not show up in that second half, and the LA Galaxy absolutely took apart a Portland side that really needs to get if they want to get into the playoff race and continue their run of playoffs, they really have to get things worked out. But LA Galaxy, we talked about them for the past couple of weeks saying they couldn't put it together against good teams or what you would think are the good teams. They absolutely put it against, put it together against the Portland side that many people think are better than where they currently are in the standings. Yeah, they're a pretty good side. Well, if the LA Galaxy can you know continue to score goals 
and, you know, start playing a little better, you know, defense, team defense. Yeah, I don't see why they can't get into the top half of the league. Um, but they've been, they've been so up and down and so inconsistent. So we'll see if, if you know, the week like this springboards them off to a, a nice run where they uh, climb in the standings. So I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised at all if they do go on a little run here and, and end up uh, – we see them in our rearview mirror pretty quickly. So well, They're already ahead of us. They're still ahead of us. They're still – I mean, there's – Yeah. Yeah. They're Galaxy still ahead of certainly, us. Yeah. Yeah, LA Galaxy sitting third in the Western Conference, mm-hmm. and they were dropping because they had they had a run of really bad performances ever since my boy Chicharito got injured and wasn't in the squad. But this one, without still without Chicharito, they put together a four goal performance against Portland side that was a very impressive night for for LA Galaxy. I've, All right, I've heard but, about those four goal performances. I read about mythical. I know. I read about. I remember an old movie once about a four goal performance. I wonder what that I've looks never, like. I can't remember that's something experienced. I know, can't imagine. Be weird. Be a lot of goal calls that I had to cut during the match. I don't know if I'd be okay with that. <laughs> it's all, it's all about your work level. It. It's all about yeah, the course. workload. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? All right, you ready for write that down? Let's write some stuff down. All right, let's bring it in here. Write that down. If you are just listening to us for the first time, is our weekly segment where we make three soccer-related predictions, at least one Minnesota United-related prediction of those three. We'll keep track of the correct predictions throughout the year. We'll call them goals, and whoever has the most goals at the end of the year wins the very coveted Loon Talk Golden Boot for 2021. So, Dan, let's get your let's get the uh, accountability session. That's dun, the one dun, I was looking dun. for. Out of the way. Ah. Oh. Let's get let's do this quickly. So much. Red. I said either the so U.S. men's red. national team or Mexico will not make the Gold Cup final. Well, that didn't happen. They both made the final, and the U.S. won thankfully. So I'll take that L because the U.S. men's national team beat Mexico in the final. I'm okay with that. Then we had one where you said something, and then I went right after it. So you said took, nobody you in MLS. Will, I took the bait. You said nobody in MLS will get a hat trick this weekend. The closest person to get a hat trick this weekend was Christian Dahomey. But no one did get a hat trick, so you get a point. I do not. Um, you just give. That's you just give. That's just a gimme. Yeah, I took the You're bait. Making it too easy for me. Uh, you did say though, Adrian Anu will score multiple goals in the next two matches. No, uh, he didn't. He no. barely made the field. So no, we're just yeah, gonna quickly no, move no. on. <laughs> and then you. <laughs> uh, then you said U.S. Men's National Team will get three or more goals and give up just one on Thursday against Qatar. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They only got one, and that's all they needed. That's all they needed, but I, I, I thought they, I thought they would be able to score more. Qatar almost got one, but then their penalty mm-hmm. kicker just lofted it right over the bar. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I didn't really expect that kick. to be a one nil match. I thought that would be a two one or three. I, I was really looking for a three one win. So, oh well, I don't blame. All me. right, all right. So that means our records stand mm-hmm. as such. Dan, you have twelve goals on the season. I have seven. The guests have two, and the listeners are still pulling an offer on the season so with that with our accountability session now out of the way let's get to our picks for this week you went first last week so i'll go first yes. this week all right lay all it of on mine us. all of mine are minnesota united related and all, all of them, them wow yeah, what a homer right, let's go here <laughs> do it minnesota united they have i believe it's five matches in the month of august i've done the math okay here. i counted i can count to five at least because i have congratulations fingers, so i'm there Minnesota United will win at least three of their matches in August. Write that down. Three out of five wins. At least. So they at can least. go more. Wow. But at least three of the matches wow. will be wins for the hometown club. Okay. All right. I'm writing that I'm down. I'm pull up the schedule here to see who it is. Because I think it's it's two against Houston. It's one against the Galaxy, one against San Jose, and one against Sporting Kansas City. But three of those are at home. And then two of those are on the road against San Jose and Houston. So... There's plenty of opportunity there to win for the Loons. All right. All right. Got it. All right. Uh, Saturday against Houston, the Loons will finally score three or more goals. It'll be an avalanche, a cavalcade, a a onslaught of goals. You won't know what to do. Three goals on Saturday. And I might keep predicting that until they do it. You're going to speak this into existence? I think, I think I'm just going to keep doing it until they score three goals. It'll be a, a, a landslide of goals and three or more on Saturday against Houston. Write that down. Okay. I like it. All right. Write this down, Dan. Minnesota will keep at least three clean sheets in the month of August. So three wins. Well, they could have a draw and get a clean sheet. So they don't have, they don't have to be, 
They okay. Don't, those clean sheets right. don't have to come in wow. wins. I think they're going to get the defense back together again. Michael Boxer will come back from his injury. Get the band back together. Get the band back together. Tyler Miller's still in net, still pulling out really good performances. And what happens when Dane St. Clair gets back? Which he Tyler, is now. Tyler Miller's still in net for the loons. Okay. I don't know. I don't right. think they're trading Tyler Miller. He's had a heck of a good season. He's shown why, why they traded so much to LAFC for him. I don't know. You have the you look at the opponent list they have in August. All right. I think there's three clean sheets there. So three wins and at least three clean sheets. At least three wins, right. at least you're three just, clean sheets. Write you're that just down. you're just August happy. Holy ah, yeah. All right, number two for me. Wednesday, tomorrow night, Houston is at Austin. Mm-hmm. A little battle of Texas. Houston the Texas Derby, one of them. Houston is absolutely horrible against expansion teams. In fact, oh. I think the only one they've ever beaten is us. Wow, what a stat. I think, I think they're like, I believe the numbers, they're 1 and 11 when playing an expansion team. Wow. And the only one I they beat was That's us. impressive. Okay, so, and I'm going to go out and say they will lose again at Austin on Wednesday. Austin will beat Houston on Wednesday. Okay. Write that down. Where? Wow, I did not know they not were that bad that against bad. expansion teams. I might have just made that up. I don't know. Okay. No, it's true. Okay. Look it up, Google it. I'll Google that. <laughs> Write that down. All right. Minnesota will score. Write this down. We'll score at least two goals in at least three games in August. You were just Mr. August. Yeah. You're really feeling it for this team in August. They've got five games in August, which is a lot. Then they've got a ton of games in September as well. You, but they've I got games it. against easy opponents, I think. I love it. I, easy opponents. So we're going to go for a really big number. Two. Yeah. Two. They're going to hey. really pile up the goals. Two. <laughs> the most they've scored in a game this season is two, and they've only done it a couple uh, times. So two. they'll score at least two games in right. at least three matches in two August. Write that down. Okay, you're giving yourself homework now. I thought that was my job to that. give you math. So, <laughs> All right, my final one is Olympic gold on Saturday, right? Saturday, 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 I Saturday. I think so. Yeah, Brazil against Spain. Yep. I am telling you Brazil will win, and they will win by shutout. Okay. Or it'll be a shootout win for Spain. Oh, that's a, okay, or a shootout win for Spain. So I could actually get both right. Because no, technically no, at the end of an end of time, if it's 0-0, zero, zero, then both goalkeepers are get a shutout, right? A clean sheet. No. No? No, because there's still extra time to be played. Okay. It doesn't go straight to penalty kicks. That's true. But. Yeah. Brazil will beat Spain with a clean sheet or. Or. Spain will get a shootout win in the Olympics Spain final. Spain will win in the shootout. Yes. Okay. Because I think if, if Brazil is going to win, it's going to be one or two nil. And if it goes scoreless, then I think Spain wins in the shootout. So. Okay. There you go. Write that down. I like Write it. that down. Write that down. See, I went with all Minnesota United. You went. You went. All the way over to Tokyo for the Olympics. I like it. All All the way to Tokyo. That has been Write That Down, and that has been Loon Talk for the week. Remember, do give us a rating, review, and a subscription on your favorite podcast service of choice. It helps us get found. Also, tell your friends, because that also helps us get found as well. Also, if you just want to watch us for some reason, see what our offices look like for some reason, see what our faces look like for some reason, you can do that over on Score North's YouTube channel. And we have fancy graphics and everything. Our names, our Twitter handles below us. At John Harrison 90 at Dan Terrar over on Twitter. Go find us over there. Give us follows over there. Tweet at us if you want. I don't think Dan checks his. I'll check mine every once in a while. I'll let you know what, what games we're broadcasting, what podcast episode we just did. Yeah. So go give us ratings, reviews, and subscriptions wherever you want to. It really does help us get found. Thank you for listening. Dan, good stuff. Yep. I will talk to you on Saturday. for All the- right. So long Saturday against Houston. Can't wait. See you, Jonathan. Can't wait. See you, Dan. Have a good one, listeners. Hi, this is Daniel Rue of the Real GM Radio Podcast. 
And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't fluky. They're playing well so far. And And so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if CEO can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com energyaudit energy audit. 